To Across the Margin, the podcast, where we take you beyond the margin, behind the scenes of the online magazine, and deeper into the story. has got a doozy of an episode today, one that I am sure will get deep and introspective and sail into metaphysical waters and to navigate these uh, philosophical waters. I have with me today, longtime Across the Margin, the podcast contributor, George Gadotti. George. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. I'm love, love very excited about here. this one. Yeah, this is going to be wild. So with George uh, in the house, it can only mean one thing, that ATM's book club is back in session. In previous episodes, George and I have dug into uh, The Creature from, Creature from Jekyll Hyde by G. Edward Griffin, uh, Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging by Sebastian Younger. We did Mother American Night by John Perry Barlow and The Emperor's Handbook. By Marcus Aurelius. Today, we examine another thought-provoking work entitled Beyond the Known by Paul Selig. I'm saying that right? Selig, right? Selig. Selig is Selig. I think Selig. Maybe I'm wrong, but from what I've heard, I think Selig. I always got to check. So as the story goes, in 1987, a spiritual experience left Paul clairvoyant. Since then, Selig has established himself as one of the foremost spiritual channels in the world. His unique connection has placed him in contact with the guides, beings of higher intelligence who share their voices and wisdom through him. Expanding on and transcending his previous work, Realization, the first volume in the Beyond the Known trilogy, is composed of pure, unedited words of the guides. So, already, um, simply reading that description on the back cover, there is a lot to explain before we dig into the content of the book, and I'm so excited about that, but... This talk of spiritual channels and guides is a lot to digest, and and so we have to address this and learn more about Paul before we go on. He he uh, he attended NYU and received his master's degree from Yale, and in time became one uh, known as one of the foremost contributors to the field of channeled literature working today. Meaning, he is essentially not writing these books, um, but channeling out their content from beyond from from who he describes as the guides. Uh, George, can you um, kind of help me? I, I know a lot of people listening are probably probably um, you know familiar with Paul and his work, but I, some aren't, and I, it's a lot to kind of take in. Yeah, the, <clears throat> telling anyone about this book, um, I've, I, don't, I don't actually, thinking of it right now, I don't think I've told anybody that I'm reading this yeah, book. Yeah. Uh, and it's not because, only because in the last two weeks I've been consumed by it, getting through it so that I could be here today and talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a lot of work to get through the book and consume it, but um, it is a challenge, uh, not to me, but to explain to somebody else that these are, uh, that he's channeling voices because Mm -hmm. skeptics are going to come out right away. It's hard not to be skeptical. When really, 
I don't find myself caring about that point at all. Yeah, I agree. That's what um, I was So I can immediately get past it and dig right into the content. I don't yeah. know why. I just don't care yeah. that this could about be what co- personality or whatever, which I doubt. Yeah. Anyway. So what you're saying is you don't care, you know, what the means to, to this, um, these teachings are. You care about the teachings. Yeah. There isn't a skeptic Smart. inside of me that <clears throat> there isn't anything inside of me that would validated other than how truthful and pure the words are through and through and if he's just saying it and it's being recorded as and dictated as he speaks it that's an incredible thing because you can't catch him in anything throughout the entirety of the whole book Um, and that's the skeptic in me speaking saying uh, getting uh, comfortable with the fact that these are guides speaking through him and he's mm -hmm. saying that these are not me these are guides yep Absolutely. So Paul, when he does this, he, uh, it's kind of a sight to see, and it's definitely worth checking out. You can go to YouTube. He quickly mumbles part of a sentence, and he does this. He does this live. He does this at a lot of events and, and conferences that he, that he hosts. And so he quickly mumbles part of a sentence. That is when the channel is coming in. And then he re, re, um, repeats it clearly and audibly. And so they record this. And this is what be, has become his books. And it is jarring when you watch. And and, you know, it's hard not to be skeptical. If it's a parlor trick, it's really one of the best parlor tricks I've ever, ever seen. But I am, um, yeah, and I've always been distracted by it. So I've never been able to dig into the teachings as much as I had when I read it. And I'm entirely with you, George. It is about um, my skepticism about the whole thing went away when I started reading and I was able to absorb in this different way without watching him or hearing him speak. Um, you know what he's talking about, and it, it, it was really eye-opening. And you know, you can really, you know, move past the, how it's coming in. And I became in awe of the message instead. If you've ever heard him, um, in every time I've heard him before was on a podcast mm-hmm. where he's being interviewed, and when he answers questions that somebody might ask him, that the guides are going to answer, like you said. He mumbles the answer real quick, and then he repeats it like a, a clear echo. Yeah. Um, and I was I was relieved that the book wasn't like that. It was just. Yep. It wasn't an echo. It was just um, spoken straight through. Yeah. So um, that was made it a little bit easier. However, even when I'm listening to his podcast, mm-hmm. I get used to hearing the echo. You can. It's of, a rhythmic nature to it. Yes. So I'm able to kind of rule one out and just focus on another. So again, I've never I, have, I haven't gotten hung up on that skepticism. Yeah. But I could understand how other people should, could, but they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. There's too much here to, to you know, dig in into and, and to relish and learn from to get caught up in um, just that whole thing. So now that we know a little bit about Paul and the unique way he works, just uh, what is this book, Beyond the Known? It, it, one that attempts to serve as a um, psychological, spiritual guide to take readers beyond the perceived limitations of accepted reality and it's a book that urges uh, readers to open their mind to ultimate manifestation. I mean, what is uh, what is beyond the known to you? Anything that we can't see or feel, like with our five senses that we're taught about, like yeah. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know, anything that happens before we're born or after we die. You know, I'm at a point in life where I give a lot of value to the fact and, and that I may have come. From somewhere, I may be here learning a lesson and I might return or whatever happens next. So to me, that is what is unknown. Yeah. Um, and so for me, he was articulating the divine message from that place, if you want to call it a place. And what I took from it was that 
as a listener or a reader, I listen to a lot of this audiobook because I'm traveling a lot. Yeah, that's how you did it, right? You did you did the audiobook. I did it as an audio book. Yeah. 14 hours. Yeah, yeah it's does, a lot. Does he but, read it? Um, he reads it. It's okay, Paul. Yeah. Um, and you'll hear Paul. It'll be the guide speaking through Paul, and then Paul will question what the guides are saying. So it, it oh, fascinating. It, it feels very comfortable. Yeah. But um, I kept thinking it was um, and. I think I was interpreting the book by design. I was feeling that there was a message coming from a true sense of who I am, Mm -hmm. the essence of me, um, and that that message of me can come to fruition through this dense reality that we're in right now. Here I am sitting with you. How can I get better at lifting the version of you who Mike Shields I think so highly of? Um, but through the things I learned in this book, like where did Mike Shields come from? Uh, probably a couple paths of love and magic cross that you were born from. So um, from giving more value to what where you are, because I was touched by something that was beyond the known and to me um, very special, I feel more blessed to be here. The experience feels richer mm-hmm. because I've been you know, kind of um, spending a lot of time listening to these words and these teachings. So, yeah. Um, rambling answer. I no, know. good. I love the rambling yeah. answer. And, and, you know, I think that rambling answer speaks to the way this book can be used because it could, can be, you know, use that kind of term and, you know, usually used, but in many different ways and, and on a very personal level, you got personal with your answer right there because there's different ways you can interpret all these teachings in this book and, you know, how, how, you, how you do interpret that text can be eye open in, in a variety of ways. To me, Beyond the Known, the the title of the book directly points to what the book helped me do, and that's to ponder a whole different way of looking at things and and of accepting a new possibility of what we are. Um, you know, it, it's it's I guess it's about giving over to to the fact that there could be so much more than than, than you see or understand. And it's it's it just does a great job of making you imagine you know what is beyond or what what you even think what you think is real like it, it makes you question what you think is real it's like because reality is a big thing they talk about uh, much of this book speaks of you know questioning the reality of who we are and who we are so convinced to be and and, and have been taught I mean it, it makes you want to break free from the construct of what you've been taught about what is a little bit of surrendering everything you know <clears throat> to a new way of knowing. Yeah. Um, yep. So, um, yeah. It's, well, I mean, honestly, how can we be sure what we are convinced, uh, you know, what the nature, what, how can we be so sure we, we know what we are or what the nature of the universe is? It's, I, that's, I mean, that's completely arrogant to believe we have it all figured out. Yeah. I mean, people like you and me, especially whenever we challenge, we don't really kind of, kind of go with the flow of culture. We do things that are extraordinary, not common, and we realize things that we didn't know because we get uncomfortable. Yeah, taking those risks has led to a lot of yeah. reward in, 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 you know, understanding of, of you know, differences. That, you know, taking those risks, you put yourself in a different situation. And, it, I mean, that's, that's how you learn and grow. Yeah. yeah. I, I, lately, I've been considering even more... As my life continues to stabilize um, more and more, as you know, now I'm 41, um, I feel propelled to take greater risks 
Um, and this book has kind of reaffirmed those greater risks because if I decide to take a risk that makes me uncomfortable, perhaps I'm doing something to express the greatest version of myself. Yeah. Um, and I'm just unique out there doing my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the more um, I share that with the world, and maybe that'll bring money back to me if yeah. I open up yeah. something that I share myself. And, 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 that, and, and aligning this with my... Um, with how I fund my life, my career, um, I couldn't. I, I I'm always going to revisit that because I feel like I have a higher purpose um, than what I do for a paycheck. Um, but anyway, um, continuing to challenge yourself, but always what I don't want to forget is to surrender, um, trust, yep. and beyond the known, and the freedom of beyond the known. Yeah. And I didn't write anything down before I came here, but those were a few things that I keep thinking about a lot lately, yeah. and then that were just ringing out when I read this book. Yeah, so. totally, absolutely. I did, and I did just to kind of. Um, get back to these known truths and, and open up to possibilities and take these chances. You're, and uh, there's this chapter, the divine, as you will. I want to read a little bit here and there, Please, just from because. Yeah. And it's funny. I feel like it's going to sound like I'm reading from scripture, but uh, I mean, in ways it is. I'm sure this is someone's Bible. <clears throat> you know, I'm sure uh, uh, there's one of the people. Great, uh, what, what, just while you say that, yeah. you know, I wanted to tell somebody that I really love that they should read this book, but they might be skeptical about it. And mm-hmm. I was thinking of saying. This is like 5,000 years old. Yeah. Because it never brings up a cell phone. It doesn't bring up really anything modern. The message is very old. Like if you were going to read the Tao Te Ching or really ancient texts, it seems like this new stuff. It all sounds kind of scripture-y, but um, I think that's just because it's battle-tested. So anyway. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No, these truths seem just so, um, like, like, yeah, like you said, classic. Classic truths and just real. I mean, absolutely real. So this is about... Letting go. Now, when we ask you questions about your lives, your first impulse is to respond as you wish to, based upon the data of history. You have recourse in history. You know yourself through what you have done, how you have chosen, what you have seen. While this is right in many ways, it creates a structure of expectation about what you can see, what you can choose, what you can know. And because the choices have been made in history, you cede to history to confirm them. So what it's saying is just like all that you have taught have been taught has 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 given you limitations on what you can be and can't see, and that's wild. Yeah, and that's I mean that just shows that if the more you can open your mind, the more you can accept gifts and you know accept what the the I hate saying but the, the universe has to offer. Yeah, and I think that, and I know you pretty well at this point. I think that comes kind of naturally to us. You yeah, know, you have to think of. Everyone that's reading this book, where that might not come so naturally, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm not shy to forget about that. The way that I may have been taught things mm-hmm. from first grade through eighth grade was complete bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yep. <clears throat> and, but like, I Especially did go through phases where I'm like, history, man, this yeah. is all fake. This is all bullshit. I went through an anger phase, and then I, now I'm back to an acceptance phase and reinterpretation mm-hmm. of that phase. It's kind of like what this book is yeah. because. My first through eighth grade is nothing but an idea of what my first through eighth grade was. What first through eighth <laughs> yes. grade was is yep. what I am here right now talking to yeah. you about. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that, um, anyway. No, no, I love that. And I was, you, you were just talking about how, you know, some of this comes naturally. I was actually, um, who writes the foreword to this book is uh, Aubrey Marcus. I think a lot of people know him out there. He's, he's quite a quite a credible thinker, but... Um, I was listening to his interview with Paul, which is totally worth checking out. Uh, he, I think he's had him on his podcast three times. This is the most recent one. Um, and I, I thought this would be interesting to discuss because, you know, we both 
have a little history here, but they were talking about psychedelics. And one thing, um, he, Aubrey kind of had him ask the guides about it, as he can do. He, I mean, that's, 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 that's his trick or that's his method. He's able to tune in and actually ask questions. But uh, um, they were saying, you know, they were kind of indifferent to the idea, but they overall, they were like, the idea was that, like, if you need anything to do this over and over again, to get to this higher mind, like if you always need like psychedelics or anything, drugs or anything, that's not a good thing. And that makes sense to me. And, and, you know, but if like as a Kickstarter, as a way to like see something, you know, using, using it to understand there's more, like a lot of, a lot of people through psychedelics have dropped their ego enough to see that there's bigger things in life or to find ways to empathize, empathize with others. Um, if you know to be used as a Kickstarter, they were all about it. About it, and I love Aubrey used the phrase, um, you know, yeah, as proof of concept. You know, they, 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 these psychedelics showed people of what is there that is, or that there was something bigger, more, or you know, that they never thought could be. It's hard not to think about psychedelics throughout the course of the message. Yeah, <clears throat> only because. You know, you can't take a, talk about psychedelics without, um, you know, having experienced them. You have to surrender the idea of everything you know and feel comfortable about. You have to kind of be ready to die. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and trust that you won't. Um, but um, that that complete idea of surrender and then what comes after that and the beauty and the unfolding and the flowering and the blossoming and the messages and the stories that people come back with and the healing and um, how could you deny um, a discussion about, you know, psychedelics? That yeah. would be like dis- de- denying the discussion about sex. Yep. Um, which was why it was nice when he got to the book. He goes, well, why do we have to degrade to the point that we're talking about sex? And I, I like that Paul mentioned that, mm-hmm. you know, eh, now we're talking about sex. But... Um, they never talked about psychedelics in the book, but in no. today's, you know, I'm in the, I'm on the side of the fence that I think psychedelics could save the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, thank you. Sorry. Hit the of mark. course, no, of um, course. But um, and, and that doesn't mean I think that everybody should do them by any means. But I think you know I would love like you know um, our president <laughs> yeah. and um, you know a bunch people of people who, to just open their minds a little bit. People you know, who are lacking and now I'm just getting a little course. bit goofy, but with no, psychedelics, know you, you know, peyote ancient uh, Eleusinarian mysteries, mm. all the stories of ayahuasca, iboga, um, the healing measures that I've seen and experienced there as opposed to anything that's being administered through a pharmacy um, at CVS. Yeah. So I um, am a believer in the power of realization through psychedelics. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of this is sense. what the book is about, is realization. Is it, who are you? Yeah. Well, it's about, the goal of the book is to lift one to the, um, what they use the phrase is upper room. And, uh, and you know, I feel like this could be interpreted a lot. And they do, you know, he does a great job of explaining what it is and what it actually means to them. But I, I kept reinterpreting it in different ways to myself. What, um, what is the upper room that they speak of mean to you? What do you think he's talking about? I think they have to wrap words around it. Um, I don't know if I would say, you know, heaven. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I, I was using heaven in my mind for a good part of while reading it. And I was like, this is not this isn't the right way to think about it. If, if I was in complete body loss, uh, ego loss state, and I was had reached the euphoric state where I was at the 
Orby elimination of fear spreading my wings to the ends of the universe. I think it's like that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, to me too. To me, I, I turned the phrase because I, like I said, I was thinking about heaven or the, the, the life after and, um, I turned it like a halfway through and I just kept using the term like to mean like a higher consciousness, uh, one where you're free from fear, free from judgment um, and and, uh, not from, uh, you know, free from judgment of being judged, but of judging others free from that idea. Because, I mean, if you're judging others, you're not in a place where you could really release this, uh, be be at this higher consciousness and free from ego. So I was just thinking it was another plane of, of thought. I think it's an interpretation sure. of everything that's happening right now. Okay. Um, because if I close my eyes long enough sitting here, I could fall asleep and move into a dream state where I'm, as far as I'm concerned, not on this stool anymore, yeah. um, but um, and be outside of my body. Um, but um, outside of your body, without all of the luggage of this place, the worries, the... The relationships, yeah, the, the responsibilities, uh, but <clears throat> to also engage with those things at the same time by lifting them into the upper room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think the upper room is an interpretation of everything. Everything. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Like everything, this, yeah. right here, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's um, not because when you do reach the upper room, as they talk about, you don't, you know, you, 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 you just nailed it. You don't leave all these things behind. There's an acceptance or a reckoning with those things. I mean, like cause if I were to, uh, going to say this fucking stupid microphone and knock this mic over a nice microphone here, <laughs> or to really get into the fact that this microphone was assembled by people, uh, working for pay. Um, and you know, the, their hands went at some point connected to the tools that are on this microphone and connect with this microphone on that sympathetic level. Well, that I think is elevating the microphone into the room. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I'm fresh off the end of the book, so um, I haven't had time to test it and walk around the the earth yet, but I think that, you know, as people would talk to me in this last week, as I'm going through and reading the book, I slow down. And I can slow down while they move at the same pace and mm-hmm. break down what they're saying with a little bit more understanding because, wow. you know, the root is coming from so many places. It's not just them barking at me about something that probably doesn't even really matter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was, we were texting back and forth about kind of how, you know, while going through the journey of this book, how it was affecting us. I was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd go out and do my thing where I see a bunch of music and like song lyrics were getting to me. Um, uh, real quick, let's just sort of knock it out. This is too fun of a conversation. Just a reminder that Across the Margin, the podcast, is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Osiris is a global community connecting passionate fans with podcasts and experiences about artists and topics they love. Go to OsirisPod.com to come see to, to see all the podcasts they have, all the events, um, all the varying content. They're pumping it out. Um, and sign up for their newsletter while they're OsirisPod.com. I think... Um, I, I thought of Osiris uh, and did that plug right there because I was thinking about how song lyrics were, you know, the, these ideas were, were drifting into song lyrics. And something I kept thinking about, I'm excited to talk about because we, we, we always get a little fishy, as per se, when we're talking about it. Um, my thoughts kept drifting to uh, the Ghost of the Forest project. And anyone yeah. anyone who's not in the know, it's not... It's a project and an album and a collection of songs by Fish Frontman Trey Anastasia that was recorded during like a really, really difficult time in, in his life. It followed the passing of one of his best friends, um, Chris. It was 
in the wake of his keyboardist in his uh, one of his bands, Ray, his uh, you know surgery to remove a brain tumor. It's, so it's got all these weighty themes of uh, friendship and death and the afterlife. And I kept thinking about it in this way because this book was challenging me to think about something bigger and more and the possibilities of, you know, whether it's a heaven or a higher consciousness or anything. But I've always, and, and we've talked about it, I've been a skeptic in a lot of ways. I've been a non-believer for, for oh, same the here, very majority much. of my life. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, I, always, my I, life, yeah, yeah. I would always describe, you know, there's times where I would just flat out, I'm an atheist. And then there's, you know, after more, you know, moments of, of seeing certain things or feeling, you know, I'm like, look, there's got to be something out there, you know. So I'd have like a hint of spirituality, but so when I would, I went to the Ghost in the Forest shows a couple times, and and um, the, the songs and you know music always gets me thinking very much, and the songs open me up to to ponder the idea, uh, you know, what if? And it, I, I feel like when I was watching it, I would be, I, I became less guarded to the idea, um, and I don't know if that was come because it was coming from. Uh, coming from a source that's a big deal to me. And, you know, Fish and Trey's world has always been church. I was very contemplative in there. But I really, I, I got in some mindset where I was wondering about, um, you know, what is beyond, you know, and it felt good. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Trey's the the person we would dream to be if we could play guitar and yeah. write lyrics. Or the prophet for we would follow, too, yeah. Yeah, and so what he's up to as he's going through this may be like, what feels like the exact same time, maybe like eight years ahead of us. Yep. Um, but it feels like the exact same time because we went through fish with him yep. and then non-fish with him. And then now it's back. And even every time I decide to chime in and get a text from somebody like, yeah, listen to this Trey clip and, mm-hmm. and Trey will talk. And is that a very introspective moment <clears throat> in his life? For sure. Yeah. yeah even like um, he was talking about eras and he yeah. was talking about, you know, how there was this, you know, the specialty to 1998, um, which is, you know, opened with the island tour. Mm. Well, in the U.S. island. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Um, and then and then he said, but everything since, you know, basically from Baker's does until now, like all these incredible things. So to see Trey uh, go through this own type of realization, it's like there's our boy putting the words to, you know, like when you uh, beneath the sea of stars, when, mm. like that opening line is the lyric like. We're all here together and yeah. the weather's fine. I mean, like, that's what we've wanted. Some Every mm-hmm. one of us wants to hear somebody say that. Yep. Um, so, and yeah, so, it was calming. A lot of it, you know, there's parts that are that are, that are are pretty scary and that are about loss and with grappling with loss. But what you just mentioned, Beyond the Stars, made me visualize kind of this place that, that could be beyond, where, where we're in that good place or that, you know, and I think it could be almost described as the upper room here, this 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 uh, um, you know level of consciousness where you're free of all that weightiness that that burdens you behind and it's just there was so much the you know life beyond the dream type talk that was just really hitting home in a way and that, that, like you know I know a lot of people um you know kind of shun the positive nature of his lyrics because they were in it for like kind of the gritty rock and roll but I mean I think it's 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 amazing to see kind of someone to uh, an artist we admire so much kind of break free from the haze of 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 that youth and that greatiness and come to a point after dealing with some really intense things in life to be you know use that magical mind of his to to contemplate what the nature of this all is and then try to you know not try do uh 
you know, channeling out through his music and his lyrics. It's, I think it's a wonderful time to experience Trey. And I'm, I'm here for the positivity because I need that positivity. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like, even as you were just talking about it, you know, we're all here together and the weather's fine. Like, you know, that could be that we're here now, let's enjoy it and because it's going to pass. Or um, this is the moment that we're together or we're always together yeah, and the yeah. weather's fine. Yep. And so from the perspective of this book is we're always together. You are one of the unique people on this planet. I feel like I always see you, right? When mm. I see you, yeah, you're like I was just downstairs. I saw you earlier yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, that's that like my best friends, and you know, yep. this small number of people they are and know who they are. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, so yeah, I think that we are here together, and the weather is fine. Yeah, yeah, always. yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what, I mean. This book. That's uh, that's why I, I, I hesitate to use the word heaven when they. Um, you know, when they talk about the upper room, because I, I feel like that level of consciousness they're trying to, you know, whether the guides or Paul, let's just use Paul, um, yeah. not to not convolute the whole thing, but the level where they're trying to get you is to a level of consciousness where you can actually be there now, too. You know, it's not because that's all there is. Yeah, because all that, that's all there is, yeah. exactly. Um, Everything else is just an idea. Yeah. Other than here now. Yeah. Um, so another thing they tackle and just it's it's important we touch on in the book is fear and um, it's about living beyond fear and not having fear reconcile with fear it's another thing excuse me they talk about um, I'm going to pull up a little thing but it's it's I think in, in, in thinking of a lot of things that we've um, discussed uh, in, in prior um, episodes I mean I've, I've talked about fear a whole bunch and here's, here it says to live without and beyond fear is treasonous to the small self who has been educated by fear as to his benefits. But there's no benefit in fear. But so I like the term small self. They use the like there's a I like it a lot. There's a yeah. unique and consistent language that's used in these books about the upper room and the small self. The small self is the self that has not grown to any higher plane. But um so he's saying that that idea of not having fear is actually treasonous to someone who's so used to having fear. Because fear as it, as, as it is known, it's just an idea because he goes on to say, true self may begin to experience the self as, as it was intended to know itself, fearless. Without the idea of fear, fear cannot exist. <laughs> Did you all hear this? Without fear as an idea, because fear is an idea, a projection, a way of thinking or experiencing idea, fear itself has no name. And without a name, it becomes, an, it becomes a vibration without intent. To name anything, to call it by name, is empowering to its function. So I think he's really saying um, that that we're giving too much power to fear, and and just like how crippling that idea of, of giving power to fear really is. Like, what do you think the general fear is? Dying? Like, because <clears throat> I honestly will say, like, I understand feeling scared and anxious. Mm-hmm. If I had. 12 beers today and passed out at seven and I woke up tomorrow, I'd feel scared and anxious. Yeah. And then as I hydrated through the day and went to the gym and ran and re got my footing, that would go away. Um, but, and and so those things kick off fear to me, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, one of the reasons I don't think too highly of alcohol, but, um, anymore for me, but, uh, at the moment, um, but I don't generally feel all that scared so even like when my kids say oh dad i'm scared you know mm-hmm. and i'll say or, or anybody would say well i'm scared i'm gonna say well of what you know like yeah 
If the, I mean, if the monster comes out from behind the closet, and he's gonna, do you think he's going to butt your foot? Or, like, getting to the root of what anybody is scared of, like, I would get scared. I'm scared of jail. Yeah. So yeah. I do everything I can <laughs> to not go to that yeah, place. That's, that's a um, worthy and, scare. And I, I don't do things that would put me there anyway, but, mm. like, that that to me would be fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I don't want the What story. about the bigger existential type fears? I mean, I mean, have you reckoned with... You know, when you pass and, and, and moving on to the, when like, you change shapes as. I don't have doubt that, uh, um, like, I think two things are going to happen. Either it all goes black, mm-hmm. which I doubt, um, or I merge back to the bigger version of myself that exists, let's just say, as an angel with wings that go mm-hmm. on, you know, miles mm-hmm. wide. Mm-hmm. And then I will revisit into a body and incarnate until I realize my unique potential mm-hmm. and I do everything I can here on earth. Cool. Um, yeah, so, I like that. So yeah, you have images of what it could be. So, so. I'm not scared of dying wow. and maybe that would change. And maybe like if I did ayahuasca, they would be like, you're not scared of dying. You know, <laughs> and mother ayahuasca would put that <laughs> death know. in my face. I, be, I don't know. But like, I don't feel necessarily scared as much as I feel like life's happening and I respond. Yeah. To it. I don't cool. respond scared. Yep. So no, because um, it's not it's not a healthy state of mind. It's something I you know I grapple with, and I think it's just the idea of not being there, and then also with you know people I care about in life, the idea of not having uh, them around. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I was uh, I just saw Wilco Radio something City. Something happened to the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Terrifying. Yeah, thinking about yeah, yeah. exactly. Think about the, my daughter living without me. I know she yeah. I know she wouldn't dig that that much, but you know, like you were just kind of alluding to the fact I just saw Wilco at Radio City and one of the lines in one of their songs that I love so much is um, you have to learn how to die if you want to be alive. And that's something so like ridding yourself of the fear and that, you know, this book is really, it's about, it's about ridding yourself of that extra baggage and, you know, becoming free. I mean, Aubrey in the foreword, he talks about how, um, let me find it, right. the goal of his personal work is always to become free. Uh, free to experience love and the bliss of existence and true presence. Free to experience pain without the mental resistance that creates suffering. Free to experience the connection to everyone and everything around me without judgment. Free to know myself beyond my personal history and identity. And that's what this book's aim is. Uh, I guess I am. I, I from time to time I get scared when I'm when I'm really myself mm. to the point that I'm. Over speaking and, and taking over the attention of the room, and I hold on to it for a couple hours, and then sometimes I'll I'll, I'll think back, oh man, was I an idiot? And, you know, yeah, yeah. But you know, day I call day. out for yeah. So like, I my own personality, I, I tackle that. My own personality can sometimes feel out of my own control, but mm-hmm. kind of just got to let that go now because people seem to enjoy me being myself so yeah they, they sure do they sure <laughs> sure do yeah um any other themes that jump to mind that you want to discuss that that touched you i know i, I keep pulling up and i have more more to yeah discuss, i mean but. it was just a recurring sense of surrender trust yeah. yep. and freedom yeah and you know that like that's the trinity right now for me man i i yeah, had a moment in cape may at the beginning of the what's summer the, what's the trinity surrender trust and freedom love it what's the trust um like just the, the the realist example. If I didn't, if I wasn't one hundred percent myself in front of my wife, yeah. Um, and, and I covered up, you know, aspects of myself. Maybe, let's say a portion of my sense of humor that might be dirty, and um, you know, some sort of behavior. So whatever. If if I didn't trust my wife, 
100%, then I wouldn't feel free to be unique and goofy. And, and I am a really, I think, unique, very goofy person. Yeah. I, you know, I make my kids laugh a lot, but yep. when my goofiness gets to evolve, my goofiness does to evolve to the point where I'm by myself writing about it or it, it taking its own form where I might be able to make something useful and really good out of this. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think with that trust, I have the freedom to evolve and realize my unique self yeah. and why I am here. Um, and so sometimes in the book, Paul says, um, you know, to realize yourself is to give yourself to the rest of the world. You know, if I act in accord with like a corporate job that I'm doing because that's what most people are doing to pay with their mortgage and then, then I'm robbing maybe three people that I bump into in a lifetime of something unique I came up with because yeah. I wasn't conforming. Definitely. You know, and I don't right. want to call it conformity, but yeah. Um, well, I love the idea that you're presenting here in that, um, you know, this, and I believe this fully in, in, in other ways is the working on yourself and getting yourself to a place where you can give is actually benevolent in a lot of ways because you are in a place where you can give more freely and actually, you know, be there for people in your life in a bigger way. Yeah. And if you're doing something you love and you're emulating like the brightest star from deep inside, you know, yeah. throwing open the windows of your soul to the sun, yeah. Marcus Aurelius, when we read yep. that yes. Emperor's Handbook, um, when you do that, Great everybody around back. you benefits. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, and exactly. so, you know, by doing that, like sometimes I'll, I'll be laughing at the gym on the treadmill and I think, oh man, I got to put my head down or everybody's going to see me fucking laughing. <laughs> and then I think I always laugh when I see somebody else laughing. Yeah. So it's probably the best yeah. thing to just be out there being goofy yep. for me. Yeah, exactly. Know? Yeah. So, no, it's um, a gift. And, yeah. and, and, and in any way being yourself, it can't be, you know, if, as long as you're a good person. Some people who shouldn't. Law abiding self. Yes. Law abiding self. No, I love that. I love, it's almost like, um form of selfish sh- selfishness oh that was hard to say I selfish selflessness with there we go oh, oh, I thought you were going to say selfishness because oh yeah no but I said I think, sh- yes am I selfish to say I should do something where I'm bringing my message but that, uh, because I think people will benefit and yeah. so is, it, is, that, is that narcissistic mm. and uh, I asked myself that question for the first is, time is, ever is, this morning yeah. I never thought oh, of myself a, as a that's narcissist that's a great thought yeah. like, oh man yeah yeah, because what if you believing so fully and you're spreading, so, you know, you're pushing that out there in the world, and you know, this people. is what I need to do. This is the divine need. <laughs> you know, it's just not the right thing to be yeah. saying. Um, but you know, what was interesting in the book was, um, you know, this is there's it almost feels like a religious text in a lot of ways as we touched on. But he's, um, you know, there's he's not discounting religion um, fully, but there's definitely. And it comes back to this idea of, you know, what we've been learned. And he talks a little bit about the idea of the old teachings and just how they're not, you know, they're not there because, um, as I'll quote this, because some of you would seek to make an idol of this teaching. And it's these old, old teachings that these, you know, I think many in the world, those in charge of different uh, religious sects are, 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 are using these teachings as, as ways to wield power or people are just kind of, uh, stuck in the ways that they are, like they said, idolizing this teaching. And, and he goes on, when this teaching is in fact um, simply a walkway up the mountain to the upper room to realization, it must not be claimed as only one way, but as a way, a simple way for manis- manifestation to be, cur- be occurring in humanity. So it's he's definitely not pushing back on religion as whole, but it's definitely the idea that you know you, you rigidly take 
meanings that that have been have been passed down for all these generations because he does talk about how you know how that's not a perfect method how old those teachings are and, and you know how they can't be trusted in a lot of ways but you know just opening up to the idea of new ideas once again yeah no i uh i went to a jesuit college saint ignatius loyola is yep. kind of the, the foundation of that thinking but um, many paths uh saint thomas aquinas is who i was gonna say too yeah. like many paths the same means it's we have religions that that are winning for some political reasons but um redefining the message um, is very important because that's some old text. Um, and to say that because that's what it says in the Bible is one way of really kind of ending a conversation with me because I don't know where to take it from there. Yeah. That's where somebody's going to take me. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know. Not with you, but there, pal. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things I would say that I really learned in and I, I think, you know, I think I can almost like predict like a responsibility that we response um, being somewhat of the nature like, yeah, you know, we've always been open to that. But I mean, I want to continually be open more to this and that's being open to change. And, you know, so much of what we already have discussed is about opening our mind and to allowing ourselves to change and to learn and grow more by not being rigid in thought. And even as I come to this point in my life where I think I know myself more and, you know, I'm more sure of who I am, whatever that fully means. I still, um, you know, instead of owning that, you know, I still want to look at how much I have to grow. And the way to do that is to be open to the idea that you have so much more to learn. You don't have it figured out and be open to that change from that understanding. Yeah, I on that, I, as soon as you start learning these things, I'm like, oh man, I, I'm like glad I'm getting started now. Like I'm running out yeah, of time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, I only got a couple decades left to get my hands around this. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's like the more you learn about it, you're just like, man, I've got to keep going on. Yeah, the so, more the more you know, the more you know how you much know. you need to know. Yeah, yeah you exactly. don't know. And I think that was a fun thing. Um, uh, Michael Pollan, um, Michael Pollan in his book, um, how to change your mind and just well, yeah. like more like him speaking about, you know, he was talking about psychedelics to, to harken back to that again. But he, um, he was, he, he, he always talks about, um, you know, kind of how psychedelics are wasted on the youth where your mind is not at a place. He didn't come upon it so much, much later in life. And, you know, he was at a place where his, his mind could, uh, you know, engage these ideas that were giving to him through that, those awakenings in a much bigger way. And, you know, wasn't just kind of running around using it as a, tool of fun as fun as it can be but I mean he was you know saying you have to be at this certain point um, in your life and in your growth and in your education and you know your spiritual awakening to grow yeah it's almost like people who took them too much in their youth and young are too dismissive now like yeah, I can never yeah. do that again yeah, you know, I, I come upon people like, who no, use no. those the words you just said to a T yeah yeah. like yeah. the idea is beyond their mind oh, oh that was yeah. in my past you're like, like yeah. you were doing it under some hardcore circumstances yep. and you didn't know shit yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you know think, you've got a more better ground now so, and yeah. think about that what they're saying there sorry to interrupt you but like they're, they're saying no I can never do that just the idea of saying no, right off the bat, or, or like, no, I, 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 you know, I am who I am. I'm not opened up to any more change. I mean, that sort of rigidness, I just, I can't get, yeah, I can't I, understand I'm, that. Maybe in, in way of, of fear, I'm almost nervous of the opposite of that, that I am like, where my, my openness to 
where other people might say, no, nah, I couldn't do that. I'm yeah. like, oh man, I'm going to have to try that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's, yes. I, I, that I yes. kind of get uncomfortable and maybe I do feel fear there because with, oh, I got to try that. I have to justify it to everybody I love, let everybody else know that I've done my research and I'm going to be smart about, you know, my choices. And, um, but anyway, yeah. So I, I like it using the, using that, like flipping that. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You can't do that. That's actually, I think maybe that's what spo- I'm supposed to do. Like you know? the, never again, I've never done ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a big part of my life. Um, but it, I think the first time I brought it up, like it made the people that care about me uncomfortable. Like, fuck, he's not going to not do this. <laughs> yeah. You're not bringing it up to so talk about it today. Someone told George, he's, <laughs> he's going in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Wait, okay. And, you know, of course, it made, made me nervous the more I learned about it. And I'm like, what could the deeper meaning behind this be? Oh, my God. You keep going down this rabbit hole that's thousands of years old. And then it goes all the way back to Egypt and then it, it just can, you know, your pendulum can swing and everybody thinks you're crazy. And like, so you have to kind of navigate this, translating yourself as sane in your decision to kind of move forward into mystical waters, yeah. as opposed to somebody that's just going to stand on the banks of the river and be like, hey, I'm just yeah. going to wave this time around. I'm like never, jumping in and seeing what's on Never the swimming again. That person's yeah. saying, never, I'm not, no, I've done water. I'm, yeah. I'm over. The madman and the mystic. Yeah. Now, swim I mean, and die in the same at room. The, at the heart of this book is the idea that we, um, you know, that what we believe um, you know what is it might might not be, and if we can open up to new ideas, and that you know this opening up can allow access to a higher understanding and an enlightenment that that, that we might have never even dreamed of. Like the possibilities seem endless, and, and that's that's really a takeaway for me. I mean, what um you know what what what's the takeaway for you? I mean, because because it is it's so personal. It's like what I decide to take from this book, and I'll pick it up again, and I'll probably read it again, and I'll take away a different thing. But that's kind of what I'm thinking, like the idea of opening up to change and just opening up your mind to possibilities that there could be so much more waiting. So that's me. Maybe um, like this answer to slow down my interpretation of everything. Okay, cool. So that my interpretation may be more divine. Like we talked about the microphone earlier and, and took it all the way back to the guy that put it together or woman to get a paycheck, to pick up the kid at school in a couple of hours today. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just this random microphone on the table. So, um, yeah, to just interpret more slowly with more meaning and become more rich that way. Yeah. And by rich, I just mean full of love. Yeah. No, I like. I, th- I think you're saying talking about opening up yourself to fuller understanding and bigger interpretations and everything like that. So this is the... Um, First book in uh, the Beyond the Known trilogy, meaning the guides have uh, more plans for more books just in this trio because he's got a bunch of books now. Will, do you, will, will you read more? I, yeah, oh, I would. I'll finish the whatever. The, Are you going yeah, to go through? Well, yeah, no, no, I know. I mean, what else? You know, there, there's only a handful of, you know, teachings that I'll engage with. Yeah. Um, from time to time, I'm not prohibiting any of them. No. It's just they only a handful the fall in my lap and those are the ones I read. Probably the ones that speak to you too, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Totally. Yep. Um, and somehow get invited into my life through channels. Yeah, um, yeah, but. yeah. That's because it's meant to be. I think. Um, I think I'll dig in. I. Uh, I hear the um, the one called the Book of Freedom that that's out there um, that he did previously. I hear that's excellent. That's I think yeah, that's I'll one. Have to read it that's too. one I want to target. And a lot of people tell me, and this is, I mean, 
I don't think I'm going to be engaged in this way, but that if you do read them, you know, in sequence and, you know, the more you read them, the more you kind of, you, you see how they're all connected and how they all try to move you forward in sequence towards this upper staircase. Because I think we're jumping in. A lot of people, when I was reading a couple of reviews of this, they're like, you can't start here. This is not where you start. This is, this is the staircase to that upper room. Like, you got to go through a lot to get there. So I'm curious what, what, what's, what's before and obviously curious what's next. I'm, you know, what's fascinating um, to speak on our conversations in aggregate is uh, how almost all the books we've chosen, um, you can just kind of pick them up. If you leave these, these like kind of laying around, you just pick them up and you start reading, you're going to end up with a whole lot of like nuggets of information just yeah, on their always, own. We always pick doozies. I thought of it again this morning. I'm like, Phew. yeah, no, Man, I think we're challenging ourselves yeah, in that good. way too. But like, yeah, you can just kind of scoop them. And, you know, you pick up, um, you know, the Emperor's Handbook and you can just Great. go through a couple of pages and like kind of walk away with like a, a truth to think about for the day. You know, same thing with Tribe. You pick it up, you get an idea to walk with through the day and think about, I mean, Barlow's Principles of Living. You know, I read, read those yeah, all, those all, yeah, all the time. Yeah, those are great. Doses of truth. Doses of truths, And you need yeah. these little ideas and these, you know, little little thoughts to to ponder as we, as we walk through the... Um, you know, just just live live this life. So. Get a little truth buzz. Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, this. Yeah, little truth, little 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 token truth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, you know, to me, it, it's just the idea that there, there there could be more than this is a, is is just something that's resonating off off this book to me. And I'm not sure, you know, to kind of bring a little bit skeptic in there. I'm not, you know, fully sure if I'm. On board exactly where with the, these teachings are trying to take you, but I am I am on board with the massive amount of truths and the, you know, some of the deep ideas about you know losing ego towards freedom, trying to get past fear, and, and just being open uh, that this book holds. Yeah, take a dive in and take a glean if you know what I mean. <laughs> you might even see the cogs in the machine. Yes, absolutely. Man, that came right to me. Yeah. But yeah, take a look deep inside and see what might be going on. It's yeah. an amazing book. It so. really is. It's a good one. So uh, All the ones we pick, like you were just saying, yeah. they all have... No, we got the, 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 pack, the George and Mike book club is stout. It's <laughs> really, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And so... Uh, we'll be back at it again. You know, let's do it not too down the, not too far down the road. Thank you, Please, George. I thank really, you so much. I really appreciate you coming in. These conversations mean the world to me. I love the challenge leading up to it. I love, you know, we always push each other a couple weeks beforehand. All right, this is the book. Let's do it. And you know, it's really it, each time I grow. And I think I hope people out there join us in these reads and, and in these discussions. So thanks again, George. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for taking another trip with us across the margin. Period. 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 I'm drowning in tomorrow. I'm drowning in my own mind. I'm drowning in my own mind. I'm drowning in my own mind.
This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.